This is Susanna McMonagall, and you're listening to Season 2 of the 5 to 8 Shift Podcast for Parents. The 5 to 8 Shift Podcasting community exists to educate, inspire, and encourage parents throughout their own parenthood and family life adventure. Here, we talk about all the things impacting parents today, everything from health to big emotions, toddlers to teenagers, faith, self-care, stress, and so much more. We know parenting is tough work, but family life is worth every ounce of effort. We're building a community of parents to remind you that you're not alone. Family is one of life's greatest adventures. I look forward to cheering you on in your own five to eight shift. It's the most important shift of the day. Hey y'all, this is your host, Susanna McMonagle. You heard that right, this is season two. And I am so excited to be bringing you guys another season full of insight for parents. And I have some great interviews lined up for you guys. I've already done a lot of them and they're they're so wonderful. And I feel like this season we have even more topics than we had in the first season. We have some new guests. I brought some of my friends on. We have some you know, big players in some of the fields. We're talking about health. We're talking, we're going to be talking about religious liberties. We're going to be talking about blended families and um, so, 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 so much more. So I am thrilled. I have been waiting on season two to come out and here we are. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this community. If you want to help, uh, there's two great ways you can do it. The first is you can share this episode, share this podcast with your friends. Share it with your friends in real life because word of mouth is a great way to tell people about things that you love and then also share it on your social. So if you are on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, share it with a mama out there who might be looking for some encouragement, who might be going through a tough season, or heck, just is driving in the car and looking for something great to listen to. I would really appreciate that. The second way you can help is write me a review. So especially if you listen on Apple or Spotify, which are the two biggest platforms that this podcast is played on. I would love your review. I would love for you to leave and um, leave a review and tell us uh, what your favorite episode is, what you love about this show, and how it encourages you as a parent. And so today, I am so excited. My season opener for season number two is with a new friend of mine. Her name is Rachel Van Clive, and we actually connected on Instagram. How did we connect? Well, we are both adoptive parents. So I know you guys have heard me talk about this before, but um, the adoption community is one where we share resources and we share stories, and some of the families are just so incredible. And so we connected that way. She has a little baby. She'll tell you all about it who is about the same age as Kyler. Kyler turned one over the summer, um, and it's really, it was great to connect with her. And so I thought it might be a long shot because Rachel is a woman who wears a lot of hats. And I said, will you be on my podcast? And she said, absolutely. So Rachel is the person behind Creighton Cottage, which is her Instagram handle. She's got uh, tons, hundreds of thousands of followers, and she has carved out this beautiful little space online where she talks about DIY, making your home sort of a purposeful space for your family. She shares about her kids, about her adoption experience, and she has her own podcast called She Made Herself a Home, 
And she actually also came out with a book a couple months ago called She Made Herself a Home as well that has design tips and sort of all these ways you can make your home feel like a really special place. And so that's what we talk about today. We talk about the power of home, why home is so important, why home is absolutely something we should not take for granted. And she shares her story about building this little space online that she said she was afraid to share with her friends and family and then she decided to go for it and it has sort of taken off from there. So I so enjoyed my conversation. I have a lot of great stuff lined up this season. Thank you for being here and I hope you enjoy this episode with Rachel Van Clive of Crate and Cottage. Y'all have a great day. Rachel Van Clive, welcome to the podcast. I am so thrilled to have you, and I know my listeners are going to love this episode, and I'm sure a lot of them already follow you. But on the off chance that they don't know who you are or some of your work, why don't you give us a little intro to who you are and kind of what you do? Well, I kind of fell into this job, but thank you for having me first. Um, my name is Rachel Van Clive. I am born and raised Nashvilleian. Um, I mean, my parents were wonderful. I'm lucky to have, they're still married and I have a sister younger than me and just kind of grew up in suburban outside of Nashville and went to, went to private school for high school and met my husband and at church. And we've been married 15 years. We dated for six. So a long time. Wow. Um, we met at church, yeah, high school sweethearts. And after we got married, you know, he kind of fell into odd and in jobs and then took on real estate. So we've been in real estate for 15 years. We own a real estate company. Uh, we've, we've flipped homes. We have rental homes. We've done all the home things. And so, you know, I've been around the home, the home stuff for a long time. My mom was a decorator and just all the things. So after I had my first son I went through postpartum depression and a lot of things kind of lost myself for a few years trying to figure out life um yeah and eventually got help um some medication I'm happy to talk about it and share about it I do on my podcast but um it eventually made me want to create something for myself and so I tell everybody I created an Instagram account to share my DIYs so I could be a stay-at-home mom but also have something for myself yeah. I actually kept it kept it a secret from all my friends and family because I didn't want to be judged. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, tell me yeah. about that. Like, why wouldn't you? I mean, because I can kind of relate to that a little bit. Like, I would much rather be judged by strangers than my own people. I know that's silly, but uh, no, made sense. That. And so I was like, when I get to 500 followers, maybe I'll share about it. So I just kind of learned the game, felt kind of freeing to do something on my own and yeah, shared my house as I decorated it and redid it. Um, and then it got to a thousand followers and anyways, it just kept growing and growing. And I thought, oh, I guess I'm, you know, into something. Started asking questions to bigger influencers and just kind of learned the game. And then yeah. um, it fell into us. So we, we built our dream house after, you know, 10 years of staying in our first house. And I kept uh, my followers along for the journey and it grew and grew and grew. And, and that's where I am now. It got me a a book deal on houses and how to create a home of intention and it just kind of blossomed from there. So I was a stay-at-home mom turned whatever all this is. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know. What's the right term? You have a lot of hats that you're wearing. Yeah, I, I just say content creator mostly. I tell people I don't like the word influencer very much. 
I just like to share and, you know, give hope to mamas and some things just fell in my lap along the way. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that story. And I love that it was like started as something for you, you know, something mm-hmm. that you were interested in that you wanted to share. So tell us a little bit more um, about I'm doing home in air quotes. Like you've carved out this great little inspirational space that, you know, I guess maybe over the last 10 years or so has grown into this big um, community and you're very encouraging. So like, why are you so passionate? And maybe it's tied into what happened, you know, after your son was born, but like, why are you so passionate about this idea of home and really making it an intentional space? It's funny because I wrote, I got asked to write my book about farmhouses. It was when like Joanna Gaines got really big and they were really curious about farmhouses and how I built one. And and when, when I met with Harper Collins, I was listening to her and I just thought, this is not, this is not right. Because I love decorating on a budget. I'm a budget girl and I love sharing that, but my heart had a very hard time meshing with how do I bring the Lord into this? How do I encourage women while also decorating? So it was very hard for me to write that book because I, I so wanted to just be the encourager yeah. and and not just share about the physical aspect of a home. While I think it's important, I think what's important is, you know, creating a space you feel safe and loved in. And with that, you know, I mean, what some people do is not what I think is pretty, but it's pretty to them. You know what I mean? So yeah. helping women, helping women create a space where they feel welcome, where it's organized, where they feel less stress from the world. That's and for me, it's mostly creating memories and things about the home. I mean, I, thankfully and luckily, I had a wonderful childhood. My parents always made things, you know, exciting and worthwhile. And my dad still leaves notes, you know, in the mailbox, just things like that that created a great home for me. And I know some people never had that. Yeah. And so I think there's more, more for us to realize about the four walls we live in, like, what we do in it now is going to affect our children and the memories we create now, probably some they're going to do. And then there, maybe their kids are going to do. It's just such an impact that the home can have. And so that's why I feel, I just feel led to share um, how impactful home can be home in air quotes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you, you have me thinking about like, just like the ripple effect of family life. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not just like this one little decision, but like it gets passed down to your kids and they pass it down to their mm-hmm. kids. And it's also pours into your kids in a way, then they, you know, help someone at school and all of these things that's mm-hmm. so far beyond, you know, that one interaction or that one family tradition that you have. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we'll never really know all the ripple effects, but I think people either learn from how they didn't like their home. I talked to a lot of women who had terrible home lives as children and they're, they're dead set on creating a better one. And that's amazing. And then you get some people who don't feel like they deserve that. And I just think there's, there's encouragement that needs to be there about home. Yeah. So, which is kind of a good segue. I want you um, to share a little bit about your adoption story, if that's all right. So yeah. Um, your daughter is eight months born or, you know, right. Or came along, you know, I should say you shared about her right after we had adopted our own, um, our own son. And so I have a lot of people who, 
you know, follow me and come to my page and ask me tons of questions about adoption. And it's something I'm so passionate about. And I know you are too. So tell us a little bit about that story and, um, you know, add into your family. So we always wanted to adopt a child since I was like 11. I tell the story. I remember being at church, seeing a video of some children we were sending money to. And I thought I'm going to be a nun or something in an orphanage. I always laugh about that, but I thought that's what I'm going to do. And so it just, it was never a question to me. And some people are like, how do you get on the same boat? Was your husband always on the same boat? Mine doesn't want to adopt. And I do. And I just, he just didn't have a choice really. Um, I like it. He just, I like it. he just always knew that was me. If you're going to date me, I want to adopt. Um, and so after my first, after the, my first son, I didn't think I'd have any more because it was not a fun experience for me, but six years later, we had another boy. And it's, I remember being in that ultrasound and not, not to take away from the boys, but I remember when she said, it's a boy, like my first thought wasn't, yeah, it's a boy. It was now I know I'm supposed to adopt that girl. Like that was, oh wow. I'm going to have a, you know, I have a boy. I'm going to get that girl eventually. And little did I know it would come, you know, five and a half years later, um, when we finally felt ready again, we applied, you know, it takes a while to do your home study and all the things. I wasn't in a super rush. I just was real relaxed about it. It'll happen when it's supposed to happen. Found a consulting agency, which I knew nothing about consulting agencies and um, met some awesome ladies there. Actually met them through a girl on Instagram that adopted too. So oh, that's great. Yeah, we've spread the love there and um five weeks later she was born so it was a quick match oh my gosh and really couldn't believe it we actually had a lady on instagram reach out to me about an 18 month old great niece of hers that needed adopted so we walked that path for a while until the courts it was just too much um, parents were in prison so we got let down a little bit with that one but it's part of the journey and let us let us to louie so we have her now and still open to adopt one more maybe so we'll see okay that's (laughs) fine all right yeah I've left our profile open if that says anything okay all right so then how old is everybody right now I have an 11 almost 12 year old and a six-year-old and then Louie so Okay. They're all about six years apart. Oh man. We take things slow around here. (laughs) Hey, you know what? There's something to be said for that. Honestly. (laughs) Yeah. They're great. They're really great help with her. So, and so how have things changed since adopting? I think there's just a different unexplainable kind of love. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. I told Richard, I don't love her any more than my boys. Yeah. It's just a different kind of great love. I don't, I don't know how to explain it to people, but it, my boys never had a problem. They were like, let's get this baby. Let's do this. Like there was never any jealousy or any issue. It was probably because she's a girl and their boys, but they just, they're her queen. So she's the (laughs) queen. (laughs) You know, it's, I I feel like, and you've posted about some of this stuff, particularly a while back when you first adopted her, but it's just, when you step into the adoption community, I just feel like your eyes are opened in a way Mm -hmm. that you know, it's just, I mean, maybe compassion or empathy or, but it's just like, you're, you, you think your worldview is like really big. And then like, you're like, whoa, there's so much, especially with a different race. Yeah. It's just, there's a learning curve there. (laughs) Things. Yeah. 
which to me, I did, you know, I was like, great, a different race, but you know, to some people, it's just so hard to understand that. And I just, yeah. I'm just going with it. <laughs> we, don't, yeah. we don't see any different really, you know, but well, we want to appreciate her difference. Exactly. That's the thing right now is appreciating her culture and what she wants to know. And I laughed because I caught my husband watching YouTube tutorials on hair. Oh yeah. I by himself in there. I was like, what are you watching? He's like, I'm doing this right. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. I like that. There's a lot I know. It's probably yes, there's a I have done the same <laughs> many yep. night, learning all the things. Yep. And it's fun, you know. I, I think yeah. some people could see it as kind of daunting, but you know, I'm oh. I'm a I consider myself a lifelong learner, and that's oh yeah. You know, it's just a different way of showing up for your kids, you know? Yep. Totally. Awesome. Okay. So she's eight months. So she's, she's, I won't rush the first birthday coming around the corner. Oh yeah. Oh, that's really fun. Moving. So I wanted to, I want to have you just kind of offer up a little encouragement for my listeners. You know, you have three kids, you're running a business, you're trying to keep up with Instagram, which, you know, as you know, is a never ending, always running 24 seven Oh, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and trying to homeschool and all that, you know, recently you've posted a little bit about toxic thoughts, which I think is just like, oh, so timely and so relevant. And there's a lot of mamas out there who are like just questioning if they have enough and if they are enough and if they have what Mm -hmm. it takes. And so what kind of advice would you give to somebody, a mom in particular, who might be struggling with some of these things? I, I would love to write a book one day on this, but um, there's, if you think back to like eras and generations and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, you think about the role of women. I was telling my husband this because never in any time have women been able to like be both mom and dreamer. Yes. I mean, some women still aren't obviously Americans are privileged, but to be able to carry that much extra stress on ourselves. We didn't have that before, you know, women were made in the 1600s to sit pretty, look pretty. And then it evolved into, you need to either need to sing, play the piano or draw. That's all you can do. You know, then it turns into, you're just a homemaker. You don't need any, you're not even allowed to think about anything else. You know, then it, you know, the voting rights, like we're finally in an amazing place to be able to say, Hey, if I want to work and dream, I can do that and also be a mom. And for some reason, men don't carry that. Men don't carry that. Um, no. Yeah, I don't understand how that <laughs> how that just doesn't even go into their being, but it doesn't. And so I think with that comes so much extra pressure for mm-hmm. ourselves as women. Like, I do want to dream. I do want to be something else for myself, and also be you know a good mother. And so I would first say. It's first, you know, try to figure out what it is that you are dreaming about. You yeah. know, even if it's, it may not be anything that evolves into a, you know, a book and an Instagram, but it could just be something simple that you've always wanted to do. I know, I don't know if you've listened to Rachel Hollis, but a long time ago, she spoke about carving out time for herself. And it was, even if it was an hour in a week, you know, make it the priority. And that's when yeah. she started dreaming for herself and just writing things down even if it's just a breath you know like sit and have your breath figure out what you love what you're missing allow yourself to know that you're worth you're worthy like you're able Um, and then for some women I know they're fine with just being you know not just being a mom but being the mom being the mom is the dream yeah 
that is their dream. It's not yeah. just being a mom, but you know what I mean? They're, they're, that's amazing. And for some women, there's just a little more there. And I think you got to lean into that. No, it's okay. Try to figure it out. For me, the biggest thing was I just got to try it. I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of women just don't try it, try their dream. And if, guess what? If you, you stink at it and you decide that's definitely not it, you can mark that always off your forever list of it's true. I should have, could have, would have, and, yes. and move on to something else. But for me, it was starting that Instagram page. I was like, I don't know if I should do this. You know, it was those toxic thoughts. Just like, I don't think I'm good enough. There's no space for me in this. There's already women that do it. Yes. Um, and I just did it. And then it slowly evolved into something greater that, you know, I think the Lord's used in different ways. And, and I just think if you don't try it, you may never know. So my encouragement is to first know you're, you're worthy of yeah. dreaming. Yes. Try to figure out what that is. Um, carve out some time for yourself and, and just try. It's truly, that's the biggest step is trying. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if, if you need a babysitter, you know, I always tell like switch, bring your kids here. Like I'll switch with my friends off and on, you know, I know some people don't have family and community, but or the funds to get babysitters, just find something for yourself. Yeah. I, I think, think that just them. gives women, um, I don't know gives them a little life to find to do something on their own yeah. even if it's not leading up to a career learning to sew whatever it is yeah you know, my exactly. mom I a hobby. my mom my mom is 72 she had me at 36 and she just now picked up painting and she's unbelievable no way <laughs> she's like she kept saying she wanted to take art classes and finally I bought her some for Christmas and she just blows people away with her portraits and all the things. She just didn't even know she had that talent inside her, just the oh. desire. And I'm like, you, you people got to turn your desires to reality because <laughs> it doesn't matter your age, you know? That's right. There's something there that gives her life and, and painting and she didn't know she had it till 72. So Wow. You know, and I think one of the, something you just said, this idea that like, there's no space left for me, I think is a big fear for women because one of the, one of the great things about the internet is you have access to everything, but then you also have access to everything and yeah. you always see people who seemingly are doing it better, doing it faster, have oh, yeah. you know better reels on Instagram or blog, their, their blogs come out every you know, every other oh, yeah. day at nine o'clock on the dot and you're just, and I just <sighs> feel like you, I just want to like also encourage people. Like if it's in your heart, if it's on your heart and that's like what God has planned for you, like the space is going to be there for you. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's definitely, if the dream was put in your heart, it's there for a reason and you'll be equipped to, to do it. I just think it's beautiful how I've always thought I need to be a writer always. My parents told me that teachers have told me that didn't really realize how it would come out, you know, through writing blogs or whatever, mm -hmm. but some people could care less about writing and you know, that their passion is something completely different. So you are gifted, you are talented in whatever, whatever draws your spirit. And, um, it's just about finding how to use it, I think. And I compare myself to, I look at these women with like, you know, half a million followers. And to me, it's, I bust my booty just as hard as they do. You know, what is, oh, yeah. and you do that to yourself. What is it about me that I'm not connecting and doing that? And it's just, it's just a numbers game on there. And you can, and 
even if you get to 500,000, you'd be thinking the same thing to get to a million, you know what it really numbers don't end. So <laughs> you have to just target. be, yeah, content with, I finally had to realize that in the beginning, I would post twice a day and, you know, do all these things. And now I'm just like, whenever my heart feels lit, I'm going to do that. But if it's your full-time job, it's a whole different aspect of um, companies looking at numbers. That's a whole nother podcast, but you know, you have to yeah. perform. And so this era, this time is, is a very com- comparison type age where we, where we think and look at others all the time comparing ourselves. And it's a hard, it's a hard thing, but I think you have to know that again, that what's your gift, how can you apply it? Uh, who can you encourage? And that's always been my game plan with Instagram. Yeah. Um, it was never like, I'm going to make this a job. I mean, you have three kids and obviously you do a lot with home. And like, I think sometimes when you are, when you prioritize family life, it means you don't always get to some of those other things that are business oriented because you're making choices and pouring into your kids instead of doing something else. And like, it's okay. Right. It's okay. That's the most beautiful gift you could give. I think so. There's not really a balance. I mean, they say find a balance. There's not one. No. We're just flying by the seat of our pants, (laughs) (laughs) doing the best we can. That's right. That's right. Wake up each day and uh, try again, right? Yeah. I I mean, I try to have some kind of time schedule. Like I need this chunk for school. I need this chunk for me. I need this chunk for dinner. You know, like chunks of time helped me a lot. You know, and I want to like kind of um, close here, getting back to this idea of home that you have, I think, sort of characterized and done so well with, um, you know, just like who you are and who your family is and the DIY stuff. And so if there's, if there's a mom out there who's listening and she wants to take a few easy steps, um, to maybe make her home a more intentional space, maybe like more inviting or more comfortable or a space that functions better for a family. Those are probably three separate podcast interviews right there, but where's a place she could start? For me, I always tell people to think about how they use their home, like break it down into like sections because we only use our back door for the most part, you know, and how do you wear shoes in the house? Do you not wear shoes in the house? Where, what, for me, it's gotten this far. It used to be all about being pretty. Now it's about function. Um, I recently just bought some pan organizers for my pans and I just am shocked at how one $14 item has made my life so much easier. Truly, like I said, organizers and you're getting, you know, it's skillets and it's just like a rat shell. But I just, I never even knew, you know, that that would make my life easier. But instead of (laughs) ways, so just things like think about how you use use your home and what would make things easier. Um, The sections in your home. So that's what I do. And the the next thing I do is what's most used in your home. So for us, it's our living room. If you had one place to redo in your home where would it be? And for most people, they see the living room first. So they want company and guests to feel comfortable there. Yeah. And then I, it goes into my book goes into all that, break it down into what you need, what you want, what you could redo. You know, if you want to repaint that changes the, the world, if you repaint, um, oh, yeah. really and I just tell people to think about the function of the space. Like, do you have a lot of guests over? So you do you need to have more seating. Do you watch sports all the time? So is the TV going to be your focal point? What is it that you're creating in your home? So when we built this house, um, I prayed like, okay, Lord, if, if we get to build this house, we're going to have people here all the time. Well, people are here 
time. So I had to think about, you know, the zones and the dining space, how many chairs, like you just have to be intentional about yeah. how you, you may be single and not want to, you know, have a lot of people over, but what do you love? Do you love reading to create a reading nook, like apply your space to how you use it the most. So I, I would just, you know, encourage people to think about functionality, affordability, you know, what can they do? Cause you don't yes. have to live you hate you can make it a little bit better until you can redo the whole thing yeah and that comes with just paint changing some pillows something to it's just funny how those things can really brighten your mood just switching things around even I switched my couch around a couple days ago I was like wow this makes the room feel completely different just shop just I think there's a lot of ways to make it more comfortable for you yeah and you know I like the idea of thinking about because it's true there I feel like you know sometimes people have spaces in their home but they never use that room and you know mm-hmm. but then it becomes like such a focal point but then like it's like the living room right everybody's in there like I always think that about kitchens for me personally I don't yeah. care how big your living room is I don't care if you have seating for 80 everybody's in the kitchen everybody's by the appetizers or like the drinks in the fridge or whatever yeah. it is so it's like you know, I'm always like, we need Island and we need seats and we need more seats and nice lighting. Um, because I feel like that's where everybody ends up. Yeah, that's true. Our living room's open to our kitchen. So it's both and always in there, but just making your know where you use what space you use the most and how it's going to be better useful for you. Okay. Whether that's, you know, pan racks or yes. <laughs> Yeah. Organizers. There you go. I know. We're not in our 20s anymore. We like pan oh, racks. And new vacuums. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rachel, this is I just I love the way you encourage people. I feel like you're so laid back. And so I always have two questions I ask every guest at the end of each podcast. And one is what is your favorite family activity? What is it that you guys like to do together in this season of life? Um, dance. Okay, I like it. We do. Even my 11 year old will sometimes jump in, but it's getting pretty hard to get him. But even yesterday I cut on uh, Whitney Houston and um, you want to dance with somebody that we all danced around when dad got home from work. Just, just changes the mood. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And it's, I feel like music can change the mood like that. It's such yep. an easy, free way to, to uplift or get, in the zone. Yep. get some energy out. We definitely do that. Awesome. And the last one is how can people connect with you? So tell us the name of your book and, you know, where you uh, hang out on Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, It's She Made Herself a Home is my book. You can get it anywhere, Amazon, Target, wherever. And I am on at Crate and Cottage on Instagram and TikTok. I've slowly started TikToking. Okay. <laughs> just it's just more family stuff on there, not necessarily home, but Okay. Yeah, my website is creightoncottage.com. Okay, fabulous. Rachel, thank you so much. I know you are a you busy girl. mama and you're doing a lot and have a lot of balls in the air and I really appreciate you making time to chat with me today. Wow, well, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to share with us on Instagram what you liked most about the episode by tagging me at Susanna.McMonagle. And lastly, if you want more information about the 5 to 8 shift, you can check out our website, the5to8shift.com. We'll see you guys next time.